These two drugs are affecting the lives of 3.4 billion people living in endemic areas with the risk of contracting filariasis or or river blindness or malaria. So that is the global situation. That's Jan Anderson, a member of the Nobel Assembly, and I'm Steve Mursky for Scientific American's podcast, Science Talk. The drugs he was talking about earlier today, October 5th, 2015, were developed by this year's Nobel Prize winners in physiology or medicine. Here's the announcement of the prizes from another Nobel Assembly member, Urban Lendal, shortly after 5.30 a.m. Eastern Time. The Nobel Assembly at the Karolinska Institute has today awarded the 2015 Nobel Prize in Physiology and Medicine with one half jointly to William C. Campbell and Satoshi Omura for their discoveries concerning a novel therapy against infections caused by roundworm parasites. And the other half to Yu Yu Tu for her discoveries concerning a novel therapy against malaria. Campbell is affiliated with Drew University in New Jersey. Omura is at Japan's Kitasato University. And Tu is with the China Academy of Chinese Medical Research. Campbell and Tu were born in 1930, Omura in 1935. The Nobel Prize recognizes work the researchers did in the 1960s, 70s, and 80s. Back to Urban Lendal. And uh, with that introduction, I will present our expert panel that will be available to answer questions in a little while. And we have Professor Jan Andersson, Professor Julien Sirat, Professor Hans Forsberg. Uh, all members of the Nobel Assembly and Julien Sirat is also the chair of the Nobel Committee. And we will now provide a short description of the laureates, their work, their discoveries. And this presentation will be given to you by Professor Hans Forsberg. Thank you. <clears throat> Parasitic diseases have plagued humankind throughout our existence. And still today, they affect hundreds of millions of the most vulnerable citizens of the world. The discoveries by William Campbell and Satoshi Omura have provided us with revolutionary therapies against elephantiasis and river blindness. And the discovery by Yuyu too resulted in an exceptionally effective treatment against malaria. Elephantiasis is a stigmatizing and disabling disease of the lymphatic system that causes lifelong swelling of legs and other body parts. River blindness is due to infection and inflammation of the eye damaging the cornea. Both diseases are caused by roundworm parasites that are transmitted by mosquitoes and flies to humans. In the human body, filaria, a form of the parasite, migrate to the lymphatic system causing elephantiasis or to the eyes giving rise to river blindness. The life cycle of the parasite is maintained by new insects biting the human host and transmitting parasites to new persons. Satoshi Omura in Japan, a specialist in large-scale culturing and characterization of natural products, had a vision to find agents from nature that could be used to develop antibiotic drugs. He was particularly interested in the bacteria Streptomyces, which is very difficult to grow. He collected thousands of samples from soil, and against all odds, 
he succeeded in culturing several new species of Streptomyces. From these, he selected 50 of the most promising cultures to be evaluated for their antimicrobial activity. Amazingly, in one of these samples collected next to a golf course, there was a new, not previously detected strain of Streptomyces that would change the history of medicine. Umura, as part of a collaboration, shipped the 50 cultures to Campbell's laboratory. There, extracts of the cultures were added to the food of mice infected with parasites. One of the extracts turned out to have a remarkable effect, killing all the roundworm parasites of the, of the mice. William Campbell, an expert in parasite biology working in USA, realized that they struck gold. He managed to purify the bioactive substance and named it Avermectin. Subsequently, the substance was modified to a more effective compound called Ivermectin. The new drug turned out to be extremely effective against a range of parasites in farm and domestic animals. And it is today still massively used in veterinary medicine. Now, based on his success, Campbell wondered whether the spectacular effects seen in animals might be achievable also in humans infected with parasites. Clinical trials were initiated on patients with river blindness, and these could demonstrate that a single dose of the drug was sufficient to kill all roundworm parasites. The journey to develop a new drug against parasites that globally infect hundreds of million people had started. Like the previous diseases, malaria is caused by parasites transmitted by mosquitoes to humans. The infection leads to fever, shivering, sweating, and in severe cases, encephalitis and death. Globally, around half a million people, most of them children, die every year in malaria. After entering the human body, the parasites first infect liver cells. Thereafter, they enter red blood cells and multiply, destroying the cell, causing the recurrent fever attacks. The life of the parasite is maintained by new blood-sucking mosquitoes. To tackle the challenge of developing new malaria therapies, Yuyu2 in China, trained in pharmacy and part of a bigger national project, turned to traditional herbal medicine. In thousand-year-old literature, she discovered that the plant Artemisia annua sweet wormwood, appeared in hundreds of recipes. She therefore tested an extract from the plant on mice with malaria and found a clear effect on the parasites, but the results were inconsistent. Two then decided to visit the ancient literature again. In a 1700-year-old book, she discovered a recipe that inspired her to develop a new method 
to extract the active substance. It turned out to be a great success. 100% of the malaria parasites in infected mice and monkeys were killed. This was a genuine breakthrough in the discovery of artemisinin and a turning point in finding a new drug to combat malaria. The discoveries of avermectin and artemisinin have fundamentally changed the treatment of parasitic diseases that affect hundreds of millions of the most vulnerable people living on our planet. Artemisinin saves lives of severely ill malaria-infected patients and has markedly reduced the death toll during the last decades. Ivermectin prevents the stigmatizing and disabling symptoms of river blindness and lymphatic filariasis by stopping parasites from infecting eyes and the lymphatic system. In combination with measures that interrupt transmission via insects, artemisinin and ivermectin have contributed dramatically to reduce the number of individuals that are infected every year. Treatment with ivermectin has even become so successful that river blindness and elephantiasis are on the verge of eradication. But the impact of ivermectin and artemisinin goes far beyond reducing the disease burden of individuals. By allowing children to go to school and adults to go to work, the treatment helps them to escape poverty, which also contributes to economic growth of the community. The discoveries of William Campbell, Satoshi Omura, and Yuyu Tu represent a paradigm shift in medicine, which has not only provided revolutionary therapies for patients suffering from devastating parasitic diseases, but has also promoted well-being and prosperity for both individuals and society. The global impact of their discovery and the resulting benefit to mankind is immeasurable. Thank you, Hans. <laughs> and uh, now we open for questions. Uh, I'm Yiming Fu from China's National Xinhua News Agency. Uh, obviously, we're very happy for a Chinese scientist to win this award this year. And can you give us some comments on the significance of uh, Mr. Tu's uh, role of uh, incorporating China's herbal medicine into this treatment. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I think this is a question that we... To John, for instance? Yes. So, it was well established uh, even 1,700 years ago that this herb may have effects on fever. But what Yu-Yu too did was discovering how to elucidate what part of that herb actually was the biologically active and how to elude the biologically active substance out of that. And that was really a paradigm shift in medicine, allowing them for large-scale production and clinical trials after animal investigation had been performed. I am Mahesh. I am from India. Does this also mean that uh, the way Western science looks at ancient alternate medical systems is changing? Is that an acknowledgement? So, Hans, <coughs> here's the honor. 
you know, I think there are many sources to find ideas how to develop drugs. And I think you cannot uh, uh, neglect that there is a long experience finding out uh, different plants, for example. So I think that can inspire us to develop new drugs. But I don't think we are going to use the old herbs as they are. I'd, Julie, like, to, yeah, I'd like to add to that. They use very sophisticated methods to get the active compound from these natural products. So I wouldn't underestimate that at all. And they elucidated structures of these active agents as well. So it's not just a mix of plant, but it really is active compounds. It was an inspiration, but then it was taken through all the procedures to really make a modern, very effective drug out of that. Um, I'm wondering about artemisinin. artemisinin. There has been some um, talk about resistance to this drug. How great a problem is that? Currently, there are the last years developed resistance in Southeast Asia. Nothing in Africa, as far as we know. In order to reduce the risk of contracting more resistance, it's combined with other uh, drugs that has other mechanistic actions. But the importance with atomicinin is the very rapid onset in, in the early life cycle phase of the malaria replication. That's the groundbreaking event that has significantly reduced mortality in severe malaria. And that's really contributing the artemisinin effect. But in the long run, how likely is it to be um, the, the parasite to be resistant to this compared to other drugs? Historically, we have always, when we have developed antimicrobial substances, has the risks of, of resistance. And it's really a met matter of how clever we are inducing these in more and more combining efforts and also separate out preventive measurements from true therapeutic. And in the sentence and sentence of artemisinin, we should use that for the severe cases where we have severe cases and, and in that sense combine it with other drugs and then reduce the risk of resistance development. I can just add to that. I think that is true. I think Inevitably, resistance will come up for, for all those, but it's also important to see what it has done for mankind up to this point. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so there are two different medications that have been developed from this year's uh, research. What's the patent situation for those drugs? Currently, there are, not to our knowledge, any patents that are up and running. So they, they are not under any patent protection as of yet. There are a number of companies that are producing these, and they are distributed, All of the, both these companies are distributed throughout the world for those in need without costs. It's a very unusual situation that major industrial production partners have facilitated the use by letting these out free of costs to those that need. What companies? So, to our knowledge... Uh, Merck is a company that is the producer of ivermectin and uh, Sanofi Novartis of, of, of artemisinin. But there may well be more than which we are not well aware of. So nobody has any patent? Protection. Not to our knowledge right now. And are there pe pending patents as you know? 
Not that we are aware of. <laughs> I mean, they're on the list of the essential medicines. And so they're really available um, to government and people at need. And they're at prices that are um, reasonable. So they're really essential medicines. Okay. Are there any further questions? This is the moment. Uh, again, about uh, uh, to you, you um, can we say this is the first time you award the traditional Chinese medicine? And can you comment mm -hmm. the contribution mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. the, this field? Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, it, it's very important that we are not giving a prize to the traditional medicine. We are giving prize to a person who has been inspired by right. traditional medicine and who has been able to make a new drug that we can now distribute all over the world. That is what is the prize for. So it has inspired, but it's not, it's not the, the prize. Can you uh, comment on the uh, contribution to this field by this medicine to you discovered? Oh, yeah. Uh, we can, I, I can, uh, yeah, or maybe John, I think you have the figures but, on top of your so brain. These two drugs are affecting the lives of 3.4 billion people living in endemic areas with the risk of contracting filariasis or, or river blindness or malaria. So th that is the global situation. 100 nations are at risk of contracting that. There are now about 200 million people on a yearly basis getting ivermectin for prohibiting and trying to eradicate river blindness and elephantiasis. There is a vast program going on in WHO for reducing the numbers of infected countries with malaria as well. And a significant contribution has been done in halving the mortality in 13 years time in malaria. It's a unique, historically unique happening thanks to these two compounds developed by and identified, discovered by these three scientists. <laughs>